Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Where Christ is. For those who have ever fallen in love, the same way you pursued and sought is the same way is the same way excuse my studio audience they are very excited about this topic is the same way we are to seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God you know that we are to be preoccupied by the reality of heaven and its impact on our lives. See what he says in the next verse. He says, set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not things, not things on the earth. Set, this also stood out for me. Set your mind. It's like to be determinedly, doggedly, unwaveringly, Locked into that reality. Set your mind on things above. See what he says. So, set your mind. What are we talking about today? Seeking the things which are above. The question is, are we fixated on what God says about us? Now, let us for a moment first resolve the attention of what are the things above. What are these things above? Okay. So above is not altitude. It's not a case of seek the things of a higher altitude, Mount Everest. Because some people can misinterpret scripture, they will say, okay, I'm now going mountain climbing. No, that's not what we're talking about. What are the things above? It's not necessarily altitude. It's not necessarily geographical location. It is reference to spiritual as opposed to kind of things. Things that are in the mind of God. The things which are written in the word of God. This is an invitation to elevated thinking. For as a man thinks, so he is. Here, here is a statement that you can write down, tweet, or store in your memory. You can't live the life of God if you can't think the thoughts of God. Because look, you pray, you fast, you do all this stuff, you even read your Bible, but you are not committed. You, you read your Bible as a ritual. I've done my Bible study. I've done my praying. I've done my fasting twice a week. But you're not committed to taking the next step of the things that God says about you, which is what's in the Bible, to say, these are going to preoccupy my mind. I'm going to look into these thoughts. I'm going to seek these thoughts. I'm going to set my mind on these things. Setting your mind is a bit like concrete. You see, concrete is very malleable when it's wet. 
you can whatever with it. But once concrete sets, that's it. It's going to take incredible effort to break it apart. And yet when it is wet, you can play with it. You can do different things, mold it into whatever shape you want. Once it sets, like setting your mind on certain truths. Let's look at some of these truths. For example, you are the righteousness of God. By his stripes you were healed. You are holy as he is holy. By grace you have been saved through faith. He became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. You honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what I call... So those are good things to think but the point Paul is making here is not just think about those things once in a while. No. To set your mind means that you are so annoyingly, unreasonably, unwaveringly committed to the truth that by his stripes you are healed, that you are ready to disregard any other opinion about your health regardless of where it comes from. That's what set your mind means. Talking of setting your mind. David writes Psalm 139, I am wonderfully, fearfully, and wonderfully made. Some person needs to set their mind on that truth. To be doggedly committed to the idea that you are the most beautiful or handsome, whatever version you want, creature heaven ever made. And, uh, and I'm telling you because a lot of you, young people, you're struggling with this. It's a struggle. You, you're checking, checking, checking with other sources of Information and authority, it doesn't help you. Set your mind. Set your mind. Set arms. Set your mind. Set. Look what this same verse, Colossians 3 to what it says in, in the Passion Translation. Passion Translation says that, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Fill your thoughts with heaven. Like, what does heaven look like? Is there poverty in heaven? No, I cannot allow it in my life because it's not a heavenly reality. Is there sickness in heaven? No, I can't allow it in my life. People say, if there's no sickness, how will we die? We will die properly like Jacob. You live healthy until the day of your death. You gather everyone, bless them, and put your head back and die. That's how they die righteously. Uh, 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 and you know, we, many people are scared of uh, asserting this truth because they think, <laughs> you will say it then the devil will hear. It's for his benefit, actually. He needs to be hearing it. Heavenly realities. Heavenly realities. And then he says, verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's why I must seek 
the heavenly reality. Because being spiritually minded, I now know that I died with him and I was raised with him. So every time we are too focused on earthly realities, we are being carnally minded. And says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me ask, do you have peace? Seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. You died your life. Oh, seek those things which are above. We are seeking those things which are above. Verse 5, verse 5. He says, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. And then he names them. There are many. Three interesting thoughts. One, he said put to death, not put to sleep. Yeah, in other words, there is a sense in which they are not supposed to rise up and start walking after a while. Because most people think that life is supposed to be a struggle of evil against good and we are in that struggle until death. No. You can actually get to a point where these things are no longer a part of your thought life or even a part of your life since thought leads life. So it says this, this can be put to death. Look, here are some of the things that can be put to death. Fornication, uncleanness, passion. Okay. Not, not passion fruit. Not, not, not the right passion. Like, you know, uh, passions not good passions, okay. Evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. It says, because of this thing, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. That you are not part of the sons of disobedience. That's why you once walked. Now you're not. And then it continues, but now yourself have to put off this. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filth language out of your mouth. Now, then the question is, oh, what? Yeah, think about it. God is telling Mose that I have to put off these things. He says, I'm, I'm to put them to death. Which means, it's my responsibility. <laughs> I can't blame God or the devil if any of this shows up in my life. It wasn't the devil, it wasn't God, it's I who did not put them to death. That's why he says, put them to death, put them off. Why? He trusts that he has given up enough authority and resources to do it. Now, this is the part that a lot of people don't like when I'm preaching because I'm a grace preacher. They're like, where is the grace? Right there. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present age so three three thoughts to one so one it's to put to death put to death now one interesting about the putting to death whole idea is he says we already died he says, we died with Christ and we are hidden in Christ in God. But we are to put to death. It can seem like a contradiction. If we already died, why are we putting them to death? It is implementation. It's implementation. This past Friday, June 19th, they were celebrating, especially in America and other places, what they call Juneteenth Day. And Juneteenth Day is a very funny thing because 
It's the day when the slaves in Texas, June 19, 1865, is when the slaves in Texas found out they were free, that they could no longer be slaves. But when was the Emancipation Declaration made? It was made on January 1st, 1863, two and a half years before, by Abraham Lincoln. And all the slaves in America found their freedom on that day, January 1st, 1863. But in Texas, they never told them for two and a half years. So they continued serving happily as slaves because they did not know that they were already free. So some of you, you died with Christ, but you don't know it. And so because like, you're really dead. Because you're dead, you shouldn't be sleeping around and having evil desire. And no, I'm not talking to you, Timo. I'm just trying to be conversation about anger. You're not shouldn't be sleeping around and having evil desire. Anyway, uh, fornication, uncleanness, which he says, put them to death. In it's not put them to sleep so they can wake up at some point when you are feeling angry or when you have eaten too much food. No, put them to death. And then the second thing, it's, it, so it's, it can kick, the evil desires can kick. So I can't put, pass up the responsibility. God wouldn't ask us to do this if he knew he couldn't do it. Now, here's the thing, and this is where we, we, we start reconciling these issues. How on earth do I put to death fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetous, and others? How do I do that? Because, look, I, I, Paul writes and says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, Romans chapter 7, dwells nothing good. How? You don't do it by making a decision and starting to try. You will fail. Guaranteed, you will fail. How to put these things to death? Through the word of God. The word of God. There's nothing as frustrating as trying to stop sinning through your own efforts. I did it and failed miserably for a long time. I'm not saying I no longer sin. I accidentally sin once in a while. But there was a time when, you know, when you have like a clear sin to you. Sometimes we, we may be walking around and there are many things we are doing that are offensive to the word of God, but we don't know them. But sometimes there is one you know. You've been convicted. No, you try, you write God letters. I'll never do it again. If I ever do it again, strike me with lightning. Then you do it, no lightning. And then you're wondering why. That's why Paul writes and says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this, de of this death? He says, But thanks be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, for there is never no, now no condemnation to him who is Christ Jesus. How do you do this? How do you do this? Through the word. You cannot stop sinning in your own effort. The only person who can help you is God through his word. Here is the analogy. My time is up, so this I'm finishing. Finishing one. Let me, let me tell you, very simple. If you ever need any kind of fruit or harvest, The only thing you need to do is plant the seeds of that same tree and wait. And don't do stupid stuff like going to unbury, check. No, no, no. 
plant and wait. And you'll soon have a harvest and you'll be like, I no longer do that thing. I no longer have that desire. I'm no longer fighting with my spouse. Me, I no longer, I'm no longer the most high. Why? You planted the seed and waited. Mark 4, 26, 29 says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, full head in the, in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Then he says in verse 14, the sower sows the word. If you want the life of God, you have to plant the word of God. God is loving. You want to be loving like God, you plant God's word. A man is only as good as his word. Timor, if I write you an email and say, Timor, uh, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Please receive these greetings from uh, my good office. To your good office. Then I, I say, I am sending to you two million shillings for XYZ. Thank you. In your world, you have already received two million shillings. Unless I'm a crook. Now, there are some people you receive an email like that from and you're like, I can't start testifying. But then there are some people, the moment you see the text, you start making plans. Because the man is as good as his word. That's the thing. That's the thing that confuses Christians. Christians don't know that God and his word are the exact same thing. Because when Paul writes to the Colossians, Paul doesn't need to be there. He's in prison in Rome. But this letter carries the weight of Paul regardless of who is reading it to the Colossians. This is that? Yeah. When I send a text to my wife and say, I love you. Well, it's not just a text. It's not in WhatsApp, MTN. No. They... Have, have you understood, guys? The words of a person and the person are the same thing. So when you want the life of God, you plant the words of God. The sower sows the word. So the, God doesn't sin. <laughs> in fact, God is the exact opposite of sin. So, if we want to move from that side to this side, we simply plant the word of God. I'm going to delay you guys a little bit because I need to conclude something here. I'm not going to the whole wrath of God thing because it may confuse some people, but think about it this way. To have love, you must have judgment. You can't have love without judgment. It's a bit like you can't have hot without cold. Yeah. You can't have up without down. You can't have heavy without light. 
If you say the thing is heavy, compared to what? So if I say I'm loving, there must be a continuum, there must be the extreme end of that. I'm judging. So those of you who have issues with God's judgment, please consider that. That the only way he can be loving is because he can also be judging. Okay. Now the good news is you're not in that category. Now let me finish. Let me try and finish with this part. Colossians 3.9 Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. This is a very sensitive part. Yeah. So it says, let me have someone to help me. Where is Blesso? Okay. All the people who usually help me are not here. Still at come. So it says, do not lie to one another. It's all about the idea that you could do something stupid like lying because the devil is the father of lies. Like you can start walking in the devil's inheritance. But then he says, why shouldn't you lie to one another? He says, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. I'm going to deal with the other part. Who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him later. But the idea that, that the reason you shouldn't do the negative is because that's not you anymore. But you can actually do it even though it's not you anymore. It's amazing to me. But it says, do not lie. Why? You have put on, you have put off the old man. And that can sound like a contradiction. Like, what? What, what are we talking about? I thought, I thought, let me just read what I wrote because it, that's the only way I will avoid confusion. Okay. So, behavior is a fruit of relationship not the other way around. You will never improve your standing with God by behaving a certain way. But by standing with God, you will improve your behavior. Okay? If you consistently go against his word, you will feel alienated even though he's with you. You can cut off the flow of God's life in you just like you can close the tap in your kitchen and there's no water flowing, even though there is water right up to that point of the tap being open. That's what he's saying. Like, like guys, we are so full of life. We are so full of the life of God. The devil has to work hard to keep deceiving us. To the contrary, that we are not, we are not, we are not. And so we should get into the flesh to try and find a way of advancing our cause. Which doesn't work. He says, do not lie. Why? You have put off. That, that part is already done deal. So don't be fixated about lying or not lying. 
and what the implications will be. This other part is a done deal. You have already put on the new man. Okay? So it's a two-way day. You have the money. Now, don't abuse it. It's not a case of, I have your money. Let me see what you do if I can give you more. No. <laughs> we already have it. You've already got it. And now he's saying, because you have it, please do not go into the other way of doing things. So he says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Stay here. The new man. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And now all things are of God. He says, you have put on the new man. Look. Who is, how do you know it's a new man? Who is renewed in knowledge according to him who created him. Now, first stay here. Give me Ephesians 4.24. Or is it 2.24? Yeah, 4.24. And then um, we are going to try out something. Now, for, so that I'm fair to you, you are God. Okay? <laughs> he says that, and that you put on the new man. So he's saying that put on. So let's say you are God, you are the new man. Because the new man is according to God. Yes. I'm the old man, the flesh, sinner. Yeah? yeah? So let's assume... I'm able to put you on. And they, I, dis, I disappear inside you so that when people see me, they see Stuart. They even stop calling me Moses. They, they, they see me and say, well, Stuart, Kumbe, I'm the one hide, hiding. We are hidden in Christ, in God. So if I'm hidden in you, people are going to see you. They'll, they'll call me Stuart. Those who are clicking are clicking this. This is important. This is the most important part of this message. So he says that you, Mose, should put on the new man, Stuart, God Stuart, who was created according to God. The new man that I'm to put on is exactly like God, created according to God. It's a bit like having a clone of you where there is God, then there is the clone God, and I'm supposed to put you on. Like if, if we could pull it off and I totally put on you, and I went around. People would never tell it's Mose. They would talk to me all day, do deals with me. I would even go to your building sites and conduct work because people will know this is Stuart. They don't know it's Mose hiding in Stuart. It says that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, I want us to contrast this one and the other one in Colossians. Here it says that you should put on the new man. In other words, I, uh, I am yet to put on the new man. Now, I already have the new man. I already am a new creation. Because this letter of Ephesians is to saints. It's not to non-believers. But it says there is something called, you can have the new man and not put him on. You can have the life of God and behave like the devil. Practically, yeah. You can be mean, what, and all of that. Jesus himself. Is on the inside of you. But he says that you should put on that. In other words, be intentional about getting that which is of God on the inside of you and let it manifest on the outside. 
That's what we are talking about. That's what being born again is. It's not joining a church which has born again at the na- end of the name or people or just calling yourself born again. It's literally knowing that you are a new creation and getting into the word until that newness can be tasted by those who live with you. Now, Colossians gives us a clue. So, you see in Ephesians, it says that he said that, that you put on. Colossians is saying, and have put on. So, what is the, the difference between the one who is yet to put on and the one who has put on? It's there. Who is renewed in knowledge according. The according part is the one most people don't see. Everyone will say, renewed in knowledge. Yes, of course. Renew your mind, what? Romans 12. No. According to the image of him. So that according according so that when I think about my capacity to love. I renew my mind in knowledge so that I know that my capacity to love is according to your capacity to love. I can love as much as Jesus. I can have as much resources as Jesus. I can be as at much peace as Jesus. I can heal like Jesus. I can bless like Jesus. That, that's the, the, it's renewed in knowledge according to the image of Jesus. So that when I see myself, the image I see of Mose is Jesus. That's how I put on the new man. That's how I... That's how I seek those things which are above. That's how I set my mind on things above. To, to say, if you ask me anything, my response should be what Jesus would say instantly without thinking. How I this day? Awesome. This here is the disturbance of the whole earth that those of us who have found Christ, somehow we have created a religion out of it with a good book and all of that. But if you found out in a day and ask us, our response will never be as if we were Jesus. Give, give me the, let me, give me the First Corinthians 15. It says, the first man was of the earth. Made of dust. That's Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Then it says, As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust, past, present. As was, so are. Adam, yachikola, fenetufuna inheritance ye, MB. Then it says, And as is, the heavenly man. So also 
those who are heavenly. Like, So are we in this world? First John four seventeen. As words, so, so, sinner earthly, earthly man. Where is blessed Manangi? What's going on? So this is the Adam side. This is the Jesus side. So let's be consistent. Aren't you know you say heavenly man, God? As was the man of dust was, so also are. That's the flesh. Those who are made of dust. He was and yafa. Okay? Adam yafa. As is the heavenly man. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, consistent. Jesus. So also are those who are heavenly whose minds are fixated on the things of heaven, the things at the right hand of God, who are set on those things, who seek those things. Next verse. And as we have borne the image. Now it goes from identity to experience. The, fa- the previous verse is about identity. As was Adam, so are we. As is Christ, so are we. That's, that's identity. Then he moves to experience. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, so we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Watch that. Watch that. Bear the image of the heavenly man. Take me to Colossians again where we were. Take me to Colossians. And I've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image. Of the heavenly man. He doesn't say that. He doesn't give a time frame. As to when that bearing happens. He doesn't say. It will happen in heaven. He doesn't say it will happen at the rapture. It just says we shall bear. How do we bear? By renewing our mind. According to the image of Jesus. By every day waking up. And thinking like I'm Jesus. Feeling like I'm Jesus. Talking like I'm Jesus, doing good to to all who are oppressed of the devil like I'm Jesus, healing all like I'm Jesus. Even when my flesh is screaming, you're not, you're not, you're not. And I'm saying, I am, I am, I am. Because as he is, so are we. He doesn't say in heaven, in this world so we can be renewed in knowledge and bear that image because it says have put on the new man who is renewed according to the image of him created him I can hear the sound of a new generation thank you for listening to this teaching we hope that you've been blessed by the worship harvest sermon series for more teachings and other resources visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.